logic, scientific observation, philosophy of language, the lives and ideas of the Vienna Circle. All the clocks in the city began to whir and chime. Oh, let not time deceive you. You cannot conquer time. Should philosophy be grounded in science? In logic? In a theory of meaning and language? In headaches and in worry, vaguely life leaks away. And time will have its fancy, tomorrow or today. What's the best way to put philosophy on a solid scientific foundation? There are lots of ways you could test certain claims. Our guest is David Edmonds, author of The Murder of Professor Schlick, The Rise and Fall of the Vienna Circle. People somehow shouldn't be allowed to get away with the, making those claims and them not being open to scrutiny. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Is metaphysics just a bunch of nonsense? Is it okay to believe something you could never prove? Could logic be a solution to the world's problems? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you from our respective living rooms via the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy, and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about the lives and ideas of the Vienna Circle. Oh, right. You mean that, that group of Viennese philosophers from the 1920s, people like Max Schlick, Rudolf Carnap, Kurt Gödel? Yeah, they believed that science and logic are the best tools for understanding the world, and, and that meaningful claims are the ones that can be verified by experiment, and that a lot of metaphysics is meaningless, like all that stuff about God. All that stuff about, I mean, I get it that we can't verify whether God exists or not, but does that really mean it's nonsense? I mean, you know, if you're talking about God saying this or that, uh, you might people might disagree, but they understand what you mean. How could it be meaningless? Well, you just said it yourself. We can't verify whether God exists. So that means the existence of God doesn't change anything. The philosophers in the Vienna Circle thought that for something to be meaningful, it had to make a difference to what we can see and hear and touch. Well, okay, maybe, but none of that proves that God doesn't exist. That's exactly the point. You can't prove or disprove God's existence any more than you could prove or disprove the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. That's the whole problem. Yeah, you're starting to sound like Karl Popper. Well, yeah, he was a friend of the Vienna Circle. Well, that's not making more, me more of a fan. I mean, Popper had this weird idea that good theories must always be falsifiable. Like, if nothing could ever possibly disprove them, they're clearly bogus, like, like astrology or something. Well, what's wrong with that? Theories are only meaningful if they can be tested through observation. That's a nice idea. I'm just not convinced it's true. I mean, okay, you like math, right? <laughs> yeah, you bet. It's one of the few sources of certainty in my life. Okay, well, would you say that maths can be tested through observation? I mean, is there any experiment that could ever possibly convince you that two plus two doesn't equal four? Well, okay, no, but that's that's because mathematical statements are true by definition. Well, whose definition? I mean, I mean, what if two different mathematicians have different ways of defining their terms? Well, they could both be right. A, a lot of philosophers in the Vienna Circle thought that truth was relative. 
Wait a minute. I, I thought you were saying that they're all about science and objectivity. Now you're telling me they're a bunch of Pomo relativists? Not exactly. I, they didn't think that just any old way of looking at things was as good as any other. Look, a theory is better if it makes more observable predictions. So, for example, like the periodic table is a, a really good scientific framework because it let us predict the weight of a beryllium atom before we could even measure it. Yeah, and that was very cool. I grant you that. The problem is, though, I'm not sure it's, strictly speaking, observable. I mean, you can't, like, weigh an atom in your hand. You have to use all this fancy scientific instrument stuff and, and do all kinds of complicated calculations. You practically need a whole theory of chemistry, just to interpret the results. Okay, there, there are definitely some details to iron out, but the philosophers of the Vienna Circle had a lot to say about these issues. And I bet our guest, David Edmonds, can fill us in. His new book is The Murder of Professor Schlick, The Rise and Fall of the Vienna Circle. But who were these Vienna Circle people anyway? We sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to find out. She files this report. In a nutshell... The Vienna Circle was a group of scholars who got together in Vienna to talk. And at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a lot to talk about. Theories, for example, Einstein's theories of relativity, you know, were making a splash. Jordi Cad is a professor of history and philosophy of science at Indiana University. In 1915, Albert Einstein had published his general theory of relativity. So that attracted all these scientists and intellectually informed and curious an ambitious uh, scientist to actually, you know, become also a bit of philosopher. You're late. Well, I was invited at precisely the time I was supposed to arrive here, therefore it was impossible for me to be here when I left. What? That's from the film Einstein and Eddington. Arthur Eddington was an English scientist who championed Einstein's ideas even as England stood by their beloved Isaac Newton. England and Germany were at war, and Britain had banned the circulation of German scientific literature. This stupid and futile war killed him. Expelling German scientists, it won't bring any one of the Cambridges back. Eddington! The pursuit of truth in science transcends national boundaries. Takes us, takes us beyond hatred and anger and fear. It is the best of us. What truth? that there are no rules, no standards, no moral absolutes, that you break all the rules of science and replace them with nothing? What does your Einstein want? He wants what I want, a new theory of gravity. The members of the Vienna Circle were also grappling with the horrors of war. Which I think motivated members of the Vienna Circle to say, you know, we really need to dig deep here and start rebuilding our culture. George Reich is the author of How the Cold War Transformed Philosophy of Science to the Icy Slopes of Logic. He says the idea was this. Devastation beyond all imagination could have been avoided if people were more prone to thinking clearly and scientifically. And we are going to handle the philosophical side of that by promoting a new philosophy. But lies were also spreading rapidly. Nazism swept through Europe and many members of the Vienna Circle fled, some to the United States. 
But during World War II and its aftermath, there was little appetite for philosophers who wanted to shake up American higher education and philosophy. Loose lips, they say, sink ships. In times of war, people change. Something happens to culture. And one thing that happens is people don't like anything that could be perceived as subversive or disunifying to the national mission. Instead, the movement focused on the nature of language, and Reich says the Vienna Circle can still teach us a lot about how to grapple with false and dangerous ideas. To see how this, this movement of philosophers and allied intellectuals were grasping in their, dealing in their own ways with, you know, as we would call it now, misinformation, propaganda. But then again, if most people switched from reading propaganda online to reading the philosophy of the Vienna Circle, we'd probably be living in a different reality right now. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.